chapter number 3 of 1 Corinthians, verse 13, please. The Bible says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. If you'll hold your place there, I'll read for you again out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'd like to read for you verse number 10. Chapter number 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13 said, Every man's work shall be made manifest. Let me put a little tail on that. Or the lack thereof. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Or the lack thereof. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I do not think you need a spiritual advisor or a theological uh, expert to explain to you what God is trying to relate to us tonight. There is coming a time when every single one of us will stand before God and give an account for our works. Every man Work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. We are not going to be judged on the success of our work, but on the sort, on the work itself. If you are not talented in certain areas, but yet in your heart there's a burning desire to please the Lord and you attempt that particular ministry and you fall flat, you will not be judged according to the results, but according to the effort and the love that you put into it. Or the lack thereof. He who sitteth will be judged. That's not a memory verse. That's a quotation. Now let me show you something if I would please. God puts man, all men, into three categories. Please now, if you'll look back to your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 
And I begin reading verse 14, maybe for an explanation for you tonight. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Ah, don't need to go to church. That's foolishness. Uh, that preachers will get up and yell at me. That's foolishness. Me tithe. That's foolishness. What's going on down at Joshua Baptist Church just seems like it's foolishness. Because the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Like the blind cannot see the sunset, or the deaf cannot hear the fragrant voice of the birds. It is impossible for a natural man who has never been saved, never received the Spirit of God in his heart, it is absolutely impossible for that man to think that there's anything going on down here except foolishness. Well, I don't understand why old brother John don't want to come to church. Because he thinks it's foolishness. I don't understand why a Christian does not read their Bible because they think it's foolishness. They are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually dead. They are lost and on their way to hell. And they don't like the conviction that is come because of preaching. God puts man into three categories. One of them is a natural man. The theolog theological community has come up with academic, uh, Adamic man. That means born of the flesh. Just flat, dead to the things of God. Now, that man has no reason to work for the Lord. That man will not work for the Lord. That man's work will not be manifest at this judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. This man's judgment will be at the great white throne judgment in the book of the Revelation, chapter number 20, which says, And I saw a great white throne, and he who sat upon it, from whose face the heavens and the earth fled away, and there was no place found for them. And... I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The death, dead which were them, and death and hell delivered the dead that was in them. And they were judged, every man, according to the works. Now listen. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The natural man will stand before God one day and not give an account for his works, but for his sin. And he will be cast into hell as sure as the world. That's the natural man. That's the man who thinks what we're doing down here is foolishness. That's the man who thinks that you spend your time down at the church is foolishness. 
Why, after all, the Sacketts are on television tonight. Who's the Sacketts? I have no idea. I just saw the advertisement on my way to church. Why should they come to church and listen to us when they can watch America compete in the Olympics? Why, it's foolishness to go down there. It's foolishness to clean the building. Foolishness to mow the yard. Foolishness to make the building presentable. Foolishness to bring honor to God in our life. Foolishness. Yes, it is. Foolishness to have a, a prayer at home. Foolishness to pray over your food. It's foolishness. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. They can't see it. They don't believe it. And that's why. Well, they come to church on Sunday occasionally. Well, maybe we need to chrome their belly buttons. God says the natural man is spiritually discerned, spiritually dead, spiritually blind. With ears they cannot hear, eyes they cannot see. They just can't accept this thing of Christ dying on a cross to pay for our sins. It's foolishness to them. And everybody said amen. amen. Said you just describe somebody I know. I described probably the mass of humanity. Most of them filled churches on Sunday morning. Verse number 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Oh, a natural man. And here we have a spiritual man. That's neat. And a spiritual man judgeth all things. Why? Because he has the Spirit of God in him. And the word of God at his disposal. And with the spirit of God and the word of God, they can judge what's going on around them. And in them and through them. The Bible said, yet he himself is judged of no man. Who in the natural state has the wisdom, the insight to judge what you and I do for our God. No one. Only God judges us. We do it for him not to please that natural man. Uh, we wear a mask because we respect others. But no man judges me on my behavior in the natural world. I'll tell you what they can do. They can take a flying leap at a galloping donut. Because I do not serve man, I serve him. And well, I'm going to judge you because, well, you forget about judging me because you do not have the intellect, the know-how, or the foresight, or the hindsight, or the undersight to know why I am doing something. There is a Natural man, 
And there is a spiritual man. A spiritual man is one who is saved. And in the process of being made more like Jesus Christ every day. Not somebody that got saved, walked down the aisle, then went back to the house, hadn't been back to church since. That's not a spiritual man. That may be a saved man, but it's not a spiritual man. Talk to me about 15 minutes, I'll find out if you're a spiritual man or not. Because it'll always come out in your vernacular. Amen. So we have a natural man and a spiritual man. Now the Apostle Paul in chapter 3 is writing to a different man. Watch this. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. So, the scripture describes for us tonight three different avenues, three different fears, three different types, three different stages of humanity. A natural man, a spiritual man, and a carnal man. Well, let's look at this carnal man. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Have you ever watched little kids in the floor playing with toys? How long do you think it might take for an argument to arise? Mine. No, that's mine. No, that's mine. How come it's yours? Because I see it. That's mine. It's mine because I touched it the other day. It's mine. Amen. I have fed you with milk. Not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Now get to drift to whom he's speaking now in chapter 3. Not to the natural man. Not to the spiritual man. But he's warning these babies in Christ. Who's been saved. They've grown old in the Lord, but they have not grown up in the Lord. They have a Bible. They just don't know where it is right now. They know one verse, John 3.16. They'll probably need a thumb index to find the Bible books. They're babies in Christ. For ye are yet carnal, for where is there is among you envy and strife? Envy and strife are the identifying marks. Of carnality. 
carnal Christians. Envy and strife. And envy and strife always has the same outcome. Divisions. Envy and strife. Why are families divided today? Envy and strife. Which is a result of carnality, not spirituality. Why do young people think they're better than other young people because they're one age older or one grade higher? Why do you shun other young people in our youth group who's not hardly as old yet and mature as you? Because you're carnal. You're coming down to the aisle and praying every service and going back treating other young people like you're better than they are. You say, who do you think you are? I have no doubt who I am. Who do you think you are? And what have you accomplished in your long longevity lifetime that makes you better than another teen that is only a year younger? You say, you talking to me? Yes. You spiritual folk, yes. You know, you folk that come and pray. Then won't sit by another teenager. That's free. Didn't cost you a thing. It just as I've been watching. And this is no place for vision, division, and carnality, envy, and strife. There's no place for that. If anybody ought to feel important in the world, it ought to be in this place here. No matter what you're wearing, no matter what color you are, no matter how wealthy you might be, this is no place for carnality. Well, I don't know if that's what I was supposed to say tonight. Verse 4, the Bible goes into describing the babies at the church at Corinth. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Paulus, are you not carnal? I don't think with the mindset the Apostle Paul had that he was in competition with anybody. I believe he walked with the Lord. I believe he was close to the Lord. I don't believe he felt Apollos wasn't a threat to him. Although Apollos was probably a better preacher than him. Probably Apollos is one that we could be described with uh, maybe uh, some of the greats of past. Uh, I just think maybe Paul was one kind of preacher. Apollos was another. 
And here we have this carnality where the one says, I like Paul. The other said, well, Apollos is my favorite. By the way, who's preaching tonight? If Apollos is preaching, I'll be there. If Paul's not, I think I'll stay home and watch it on television. That way we can get back to I Love Lucy real quick after the service. Carnality. Verse 5, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Watch this. Work begins. I have planted. Apollos watered. You know what it takes to plant? Work. Yeah. We hired Sean to plant for us one year. We got a little blue tractor. We put one of them whirly birds on the back of that thing. We put about 800 pounds of seed. Isn't that right? It grows every time I tell this story. It was 200 when I started. Eight bags, right? You know what you put in eight bags and around the field he took off just to fly. You couldn't see nothing but dust and a high old silver until the dust stopped and the whirly bird came loose. And Sean had shown every bit of that wheat in one place. All run out on the ground. When dust cleared, old Sean was trying to pick up that wheat seed so I wouldn't see. <laughs> oh, hope I get this picked up for the preacher, looks <laughs> Right? It's work to plant. Notice, Apollos watered. It's work to water so, verse 7, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. This morning, Brother Sean led the singing, led the choir. I don't know how many was in the choir, but all the choir was planting and sowing. Planting and sowing. Can you say Amen. Ms. Brown sat down at the piano and boy, does she know how to plant and does she know how to sow. Amen. And everybody done their job this morning and Miss Amanda stood up here and planted. Boy, how she planted. During the service, she prayed and planted and watered and smiled and said amen and sick the preacher on. And the preacher got up here and began to plant and to sow and to water and bowed our heads, prayed to God, and lady walked down the aisle, and God gave the increase. Can you hear me now? It wasn't Andrew, it wasn't Preacher, it wasn't Sean, it wasn't the choir, but it was God who gave the increase. What if we had all stayed home? What if Sean had said, I think I'll just stay home this morning? What if the choir said, I'll just stay home this morning? God would not have given the increase. God does not reward the results. He is the results. God rewards the labor, the effort. Yeah. So now look at verse 8. Now he that planteth, 
He that wanteth or one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own, what's the next word? Labor. Labor. In other words, you and I are going to be rewarded for our labor. How are you doing in that situation? If Christ were to come back today and set up the judgment seat of Christ, what would you be rewarded for today? What have you done for Christ today? Because every man's work, is that what I read down there? Now look at verse 9. For we are laborers together with whom? Ye are God's husbandry. That's the folk who take care of the farm. In an agricultural society, somebody had to be in charge of the farm. Somebody had to plant. Somebody had to water. If no planting, no watering, no crops, ye are God's building. The Bible calls us Spiritual stones build up in a spiritual building according to the grace of God which is given to me. That's what Paul used to serve with. Not his education, not his eloquence, not his standing in society. Notice what Paul said, according to the grace that is given, God, which is given to me as a wise and master builder. I've laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. Paul said, I came to Corinth in Acts chapter 18 and started the church at Corinth. And I laid the foundation for the church which is Jesus Christ. Now other men are building, he said, on that foundation. Some are sowing, some are planting, some are watering. Some are teaching Sunday school classes. Some are involved in evangelism. Some cooks for the funerals and Everything is being built upon the foundation, Paul said, that I laid. And they'll be judged according to how they build on that foundation. Thirty-five years ago, on my front porch... I preached the first sermon 
at Joshua Baptist Church. We organized. We got articles of faith. We were incorporated. And 35 years ago, my wife and I laid the foundation, not as a master builder, but as who is most unlikely laid the foundation for this church. No money, no income. We were broker than broke. We were dependent on people like Dr. House who never sent anything. (laughs) But we laid a foundation. Do you think we got to where we are today without laborers? without teachers, without willing people willing to take a chance. Teachers who've never taught. Choirs who never sang. Bus drivers who just thought it was important enough to go get a CDL license and do something with them besides sit on them. Who thought that James Scott and hundreds of others was worthy of taking a chance at failing. The foundation is laid. Don't be happy with walking around looking at concrete. Get busy. You said doing what? Anything. Anywhere. Anytime. Laborers. What time? Verse 13. And I'll just... Refer you back there, please. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. What day? The day of the Lord when he comes again. Because it shall be revealed by fire. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. God's not looking for success. He's just looking for somebody who will serve him because he is who he is. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, 
he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And then all of a sudden Paul says, No, you're not. You bunch of carnal babies. You folk are not doing anything for God. Except arguing. Been divided. Gossiping about one another. Saying how great Paul is or how great Apollos is. Or how staunch Cephas is. What? Don't you know that you are the temple? Look at your verse. You are the temple. Of God. And that the spirit of God. Dwelleth. In you. What? Paul says the way you're acting. With all this carnality and. What? Don't you know? Don't you know you. Are the. Temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know? By the way, every man's work shall be made manifest. When I go back in my ministry over 55 years, I think of folks that's just one of these days at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to be so embarrassed with my life and what I've done. Compared to bus workers, teachers, choir members, folks who has been instrumental in bringing this church from where it was in my front yard to where it was this morning. I was so impressed with the choir. Man, they did such a good job. I'm so proud of Brother Sean. He tries with all of his heart. Tremendous song leader, congregational leader, choir leader. I was so impressed with the special this morning. It makes me go back, honey, to the storefront and remembering uh, I led this thing in. I sang the special, then I preached the sermon, and there wasn't no choir. And I sat there and say, thank God for those who's building on this godly foundation to make it better. And then our pastor came and preached. And I can honestly say, I've never been able to preach like he can, or like his brother can. God has just so endowed our pastor with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of grace 
and the spirit of love. I want you to know this. If I could tell you one thing before I pass off of the earth scene, it would be get busy. Quit making an excuse for your age. For your ability. Serving God does not depend on your ability. But on his ability. There is no way under God's heaven. That I. Could do. What has been done. These 35 years. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. But I got plugged into somebody 55 years ago that said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Whether that's passing a church, being an evangelist, soul winning, I can do all things. You can do all things. You can. I can remember when my wife was working at Walmart years and years and years ago. Well, maybe not that many. I'm sorry, honey. Just last week, last week she was working at Walmart. Kmart. She was so impressed with the youth department at our church because our youth department was busy working on buses every Saturday and seeing people saved every Sunday. Don't waste your youth on the world. The world will not appreciate it. Give your youth to Christ. Go to Brother Brian and Brother Jim and say, Can I help visit on a bus route? Get boys and girls saved. Make a difference in eternity. Some of you guys with CDL license. Step up to the plate. It's time to go to work for the Lord.